Well, I've talked plenty about the Charlotte 49ers this week, and I've done my best to try and see what I think this team's going to be bringing to the field on Saturday. But what do we need to know about this team that I haven't talked about? We're going to find out that and more on today's Locked On Gamecocks. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast. Your show, as always, for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and thank you once again for making the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast. Your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts daily. All right, so let's get all right into it. For today's show, I'm going to be interviewing Hunter Bailey, a Charlotte 49ers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer newspaper. We're going to be talking about the Charlotte 49ers, and I'm going to inquire about what it is that we need to know about this team. I'll ask him a couple of general questions about sort of where the program is at this point in the season, ask him a question about Will Healy, and of course, we'll talk about Chris Reynolds on the offensive side of the ball, a couple of players to watch on the defensive side of the ball. Is Charlotte one of the most undisciplined teams in all of college football? And lastly, where does Hunter think the Gamecocks could be exploited and vice versa? with the Charlotte 49ers. It's going to be a real interesting conversation that I think you're all going to enjoy. So without further ado, let's go on ahead and get right into our interview with Hunter Bailey. Gamecock Nation, I am pleased to be joined on today's show by Hunter Bailey, who is the Charlotte 49ers beat writer for the Charlotte Observer newspaper. Hunter, thank you for coming on today's show to talk some football. Of course, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. And um, Hunter, you know, the Charlotte 49ers have been a team that has had some really strong glimpses over the last few years, but uh, they haven't had the greatest start to this specific football season. They lost their first three games until they ended their skid this past weekend against Georgia State. And this comes in spite of the fact that they returned 14-ish starters from their 2021 team, which usually for most teams leads to some sort of improvement in one way or another. So what has led to this slow start? And do the fans and the team feel like that this win over a good Georgia State team could potentially kickstart a turnaround for this season? Yeah, first first off, I'll start off on the 14 returning starters. Uh, a lot of that was on the offense. They brought back pretty much the entire line positions starting quarterback Chris Reynolds and then the defense which has really been the Achilles heel of this group had a lot of those a lot of that turnover a lot of new faces new plug and play kind of transfer guys as far as as far as the Georgia State win goes I would say that definitely like injected the fan base and the team with a little bit of confidence because you start the season huge game against a team that kind of really turned your season a year ago uh, Florida Atlantic have all the expectations going in and even even the first drive of the game i mean it's it's games looking like a track meet and then the offense just falls stagnant you lose your quarterback you lose by 30 points and you're looking at your schedule like all right well we got fcs team coming in we need this win and then you 
lose to an FCS team by three scores at home, give up 300 rushing yards, almost 600 on the game. And it's like, okay, defense was, was kind of the, the undoing of last year, losing five of your last six. And somehow it's worse, even with a new staff, even with a lot of new faces. And then you obviously have the Maryland game. I don't think there were any real expectations Charlotte would compete in that game, especially without Chris Reynolds, their starting quarterback. And then getting him back for Georgia State was kind of like, okay, we, we know the offense will be good to go. Same, same deal with the defense. And then you saw a little bit of resurgence from the defense, got a couple of turnover on downs, a couple of turnovers and just kind of timely plays to give the offense a chance. And I think, Really, the message from the team, from from Will Healy, even some some folks on the defensive side of the ball, is that when Chris Reynolds is in the lineup, you feel comfortable, and that's it's kind of where they're at moving forward. I will say, I don't know if playing South Carolina would, is best for their confidence right after getting that first win. Right, it's a uh, definitely definitely a tall task for sure. Right. Well, uh, you know, Hunter, I can attest myself, uh, having followed South Carolina for many years, uh, when your team doesn't have maybe the greatest defense that's going out there on the field and you can't get stops consistently against your opponents, it's going to make it hard for your team to win really any game week in and week out. Gamecock fans have uh, seen that the hard way on multiple occasions in the last 10 years or so. Let's talk about Will Healy real quick. He's, of course, the head coach uh, for the Charlotte 49ers. And just a few years ago, the college football world had really taken notice of this guy because of what he had done at Austin P at the FCS level. They went 0-11 in his first year there and then went to 8-4 and his second year, which is just a remarkable turnaround. And he was bringing in a lot of great recruiting classes. But besides a bowl appearance in his first year at Charlotte, it kind of seems like, at least just looking at the surface level with everything, that Will has kind of had a hard time transferring over that success from Austin P to Charlotte. Is that sort of the feeling around the Queen City so far? Or are there any other factors at play that maybe people like me don't really know enough about? Yeah, um, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of Recruiting-wise at Austin P, it really, I mean, I think they had the number one recruiting class in the FCS uh, that the year that they went eight and four. And when he got to Charlotte, uh, his first class here, I think they were dead last in the conference. His second class, which was his like real full first cycle, they were third in the conference, 71st in the nation. So it was like, okay, like the recruiting is going to take a turn. Uh, there's a lot of talent in Charlotte that the previous staff, Brad Lambert and company, weren't really taking advantage of, and that was like a main, a main point in Healy's hiring. Well, now we've kind of seen that taper off. Recruiting has been mid-level Conference USA. Uh, since Healy got hired, I believe the four-year average since 2019, they're about 105th in the FBS out of 131. So, I mean, you're not, you're still in the bottom, bottom 30 of the country. And obviously there's a lot of room to be desired there. As far as kind of the shine wearing off a little bit for him, I would say Will, Will Healy's like a master marketer. He d does a great job of putting on a likable, energetic face for the university. I mean, you can see him on the sideline with his players. You have like the, the classic interview after they beat Duke last year with his son, Eli. Like in terms of being a face for the university, that's kind of where he like hangs his hat. As far as the wins go, and this is really what college football is, at least in my opinion, you, you need a little bit of both, but you can't do it without the wins and the success. 
Um, that's kind of where the it's been a little bit of lackluster. And we've seen a lot of the coaching issues kind of go like in 2019. I mean, we're, we're talking about defense a couple of minutes ago. Even in 2019, Charlotte was giving up 30 points a game. They, they had a lot of 50-50 plays that season that went their way. I mean, they were two and five seconds away from being two and six and likely the season, you know, goes downhill from there, but they get miraculous play by Chris Reynolds. Victor Tucker keeps the season alive. So it's, we're getting to a point like it's kind of hard to count the COVID season, but if you do count it, you're looking at two losing seasons in a row followed by an 0 and three start. So the seven and six bowl appearance with all of Brad Lambert's recruits, that's looking, I mean, we're, we're talking, four seasons ago now so it's like all right you've got your guys you're the fourth year head coach now you got to see that talent progression you have to see the recruiting continue to take steps forward and turn into results and that's kind of the problem right now is even with the the entirely new coaching staff you're giving up almost 550 yards and 40 something points a game so it's uh I would say the shine is wearing off a bit, but it's not to the point of no return. Like if he has a solid season this year, I can't imagine, like if they can put together a few wins in conference play, I can't imagine he's gone going into 2023. But at the same time, if you're the university and you know this isn't isn't working, I think jumping to a new conference, that would be the time to do it. And with Charlotte joining the American. So it's kind of it's kind of twofold. I would say it's definitely worn off from like the, this guy is the next PJ Fleck, Dabo Sweeney comparison. So, like, all right, we need to see we need to see something now because college football is definitely a what have you done for me lately sport. So, we'll see. Yeah, you're exactly right about the last point that you just made because you know, again, with South Carolina, you know, it, it's um it's quite the comparison because Shane Beamer, he's kind of the same way. You know, he's a guy that you look at and you go, you know, I'm. I'm really glad to see him leading our program. And you kind of can tell that from everybody that you know is from down here in Columbia or is working closely with the program. But as you mentioned the other day, it is all about wins. And, you know, especially in today's age with the transfer portal and NIL, you know, uh, pressure can ratchet up pretty quickly. So obviously uh, wins are going to dictate a coach's fate at the end of the day. Hey Gamecock Nation, I hope that y'all been enjoying my interview so far with Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer. And in just a couple moments, I'm going to ask him about what Chris Reynolds does, not just for this offense, but for the entire football team. And then I'll ask him a couple questions about the defense and also just how undisciplined the Charlotte 49ers seem to be just four games in to the 2022 football season. But before I get into all of that, I want to ask y'all a question real quick. Do you remember when winning felt easy? Hear me out for a second. When you were younger, you were at the peak of your testosterone production. What some have called the winner's hormone or the man hormone. Wouldn't it be nicer to get that winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? Do you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym while helping you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Testofen is legit as it has been validated in five different clinical studies and has shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used 
in the trials. And Nugenics' formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Take it from the people at GNC, as Nugenics Total Tea is the number one selling testosterone booster at the Nutrition and Supplement Store. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape, fast, and absolutely free. Again, text COLLEGE to 231 231- 231. One more time. Text college to 231-231. Quick disclaimer, message and data rates may apply and terms apply. Available at eugenics.com slash terms. And now back to our interview with Hunter Bailey. Welcome back to segment two of today's Behind Enemy Lines edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Day. I am still continuing this interview here with Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer, Charlotte 49ers beat writer. And um, Hunter, let's talk about 49ers quarterback Chris Reynolds real quick. Because when looking at the box scores, and I also watched a little bit of the game footage from the Florida Atlantic game before he got hurt. Um, it seems apparent to anybody, really, that it all starts and ends with quarterback Chris Reynolds, quite frankly, for this entire football team. He's the all-time leading passer uh, in passing yards and passing touchdowns for the program. So what is it that makes Chris Reynolds such a good quarterback? And uh, does he possess the ability to sort of elevate the play of everybody around him? And that's why you sort of see this offense really take flight when he's out there behind center. Definitely, I think... So he's going into year three with offensive coordinator Mark Carney. And I think this offense is built for Chris Reynolds. It's catered to his strengths. And in years past, like 2019, you saw him run with the ball a lot. And you haven't really seen that much since Alec, Alex Atkins left. He's now the OC at Florida Atlantic. We've seen a lot more. We've seen some rollout stuff, but not as much option or design, you know, design scramble, stuff like that. As far as Reynolds, like how he moves around in the pocket, he's really taken that step of, I mean, he's a smaller guy, but he can find his his spaces. Like he's not getting the ball batted often. He's being able to kind of find that level of comfortability and then break out of the pocket, extend the play when necessary. But in terms of like elevating the talent around him, he really does. And he's not a risk taker. He's not going to throw the 50-50 ball into traffic whereas maybe a couple of years ago he would have, and he's just cool, calm, and collected in the clutch. I mean, like hearing his teammates talk about kind of how he led them down the field uh, last Saturday night in the game-winning drive, it's just like it's just another possession for him. He's just out there. The moment's not too big. You, you got to know that this guy – I mean, he's been there for six years, five years as the starting quarterback. So, I mean, it's like he's – there's so much talent that's returned with him and that's been added and – it just it keeps going. He's honestly he's probably like the heartbeat of the team. So those those two games, especially William and Mary, without him, you could tell like there was just like almost like a loss of of that altogether. So when he came back in Saturday night, it was like okay. And even even Will Healy said it. He said, I love James Foster, I love Xavier Williams as the two backups, but Reynolds is different. It it gives you that glimpse of hope when he's in the game. Kind of the concern for him right now is the injury. I mean, knowing knowing he's not at full health, 
they haven't specifically disclosed, okay, this is the injury. They're calling it upper body injury. Uh, he was wearing a, a brace on his shoulder, but I don't know the specifics of it. But I can't imagine that he's going to want to run and take a lot of hits. So if South Carolina can get pressure on him immediately, I think that's going to change this game a lot. But I assume Charlotte will do a lot of stuff like lead tight ends into chip, keep running backs in the backfield just to try and keep them upright because I think Charlotte knows that even after this game, they have seven more in a full conference slate. So you need that guy healthy and make sure he takes as minimal shots as possible. And I also wouldn't be surprised if, if maybe South Carolina jumps out to a big lead early, if maybe we see that change of like, okay, just, just depending on the situation of the game, they're not, they're not going to pull them to save them or anything like that. But I, if it does get bad, I think, I think the coaching staff knows like they need this guy to, to keep their jobs and keep their season alive. Right. Well, that's definitely an interesting point that you just made there. And of course, you know, it always does start at the quarterback position for every single football team. And, you know, especially for a program like Charlotte, you know, when you have a guy like Chris Reynolds, who's been back there for so many years. And again, it just seems like he has that killer instinct and guys just gravitate towards him. It can make a world of difference for any football team, no matter what level they're playing at. Uh, Let's move on to the defense real quick. So again, when watching the Florida Atlantic game back on my end, uh, there was one guy on defense that uh, jumped out to me more than anybody else, especially in that defensive front. And that was number 44, B.J. Turner at linebacker, who seemed to be just all over the field for the 49ers defense, especially in rush defense in the box. So, Hunter, what does B.J. Turner bring to that front seven? And also, are there any other guys specifically in that front seven that Gamecock fans would want to maybe keep an eye on in this game? Yeah, definitely. So B.J. Turner actually just recorded his first interception against Georgia State, uh, first of his career. So it was, it was good to see that for him. Um, in terms of kind of his game, he really is a sideline-to-sideline side guy. He's probably like of the linebackers, has the highest kind of game I and is probably the biggest film junkie, I would say. Um, you'll definitely see him getting a lot of action. Charlotte is dealing with some injuries at linebacker right now with Cam Burden, uh, who will be out. Saturday and then Derek Boykins actually a South Carolina transfer from a few years ago he's dealing with the ankle injury um I assume Boykins will play just based off I can't imagine you would do, almost do anything to play against your old team at your old stadium oh yeah but um oh yeah other folks in the front seven uh watch out for Marquise Watts had a really slow start to the season he did however just score a defensive touchdown last week on a scoop and score and Charlotte has gotten Really, really last game from Jalar Holly was like his welcome to the season moment. He had a couple huge plays. Uh, he got a got the pressure on the quarterback to force B.J. Turner's interception. And like this group has really kind of left a lot to be desired early in the season. And like Saturday, even though they I mean, they still gave up 41 points and 600 yards. There's not a ton you can look at from that and say this is good. But in terms of improvement from the other games, it kind of seemed like the pass rush took a step up and that helped him out, forced a couple turnovers. And really it's just like, you know, this isn't going to be a lockdown defense, but how many plays can you make to give your offense a chance to put up enough points? That's kind of, that's kind of the outlook on the season, in my opinion. 
Right. Yeah. And, you know, on defense, you don't always have to win every single play against the opposing offense. But if you can make those plays in those critical moments, like you just mentioned, then, yeah, you you can always give your offense a better chance to really help you out. And for Charlotte, that definitely seems like it's something that they're going to need to do. Um, Let's talk about penalties real quick, because when I went back and looked at the box scores for these first four games, I noticed some pretty alarming numbers in this category. The Charlotte 49ers are currently averaging seven and a half penalties and 70 penalty yards per game, which again, really high marks in both of these markers. So um, Hunter, simply put, what has led to these numbers being what they are? And has coach Will Healy tried to make this a point of emphasis for this team in terms of trying to be more disciplined and limiting the penalties going forward for the rest of this season? Definitely. Yeah, I actually just looked at that before this. They're the second most penalized team in the nation and have, I think, the second most penalized yards in the nation behind only Florida Atlantic. And uh, I think a lot of it is, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they're seeing a lot of younger guys play. Like a couple of these penalties are on true freshmen who are just kind of getting their first reps out here in coverage and whether they're not getting their head turned around and getting a PI call or, you know, just like little game IQ things that you expect to, to grow in their time at the university. But really, they've had a lot of troubles with their with their tackle. A right tackle, TJ Moore, I think, had a game of three penalties. Then he was quickly re- replaced in the starting lineup. And then the new starter, Matt Rosso, gets three penalties in the next game. So it's just like you don't really know uh, kind of what's going on there. But – Right. Healy has addressed it, and he—I mean—he puts it on coaching. He has to get the guys ready. Um, so I, I would say, like, you expect that to improve, but we're already kind of in that point. I mean, non-conference is almost over. You're a quarter of the way through the year now, so you gotta gotta kind of put that into action because you're you're running out of games. Right. No. Yeah. And you know, this past season with Coach Shane Beamer when he was in his first year. At South Carolina, uh, you know, we had a lot of penalty issues for like the first six or seven games of the year. And it seems like whenever a new head coach is coming in and taking over a program or, you know, like you just mentioned, it makes more sense now when you got a bunch of younger players or some backups that you're trying to put in there just to see, you know, who can be the most productive, then that makes a lot more sense as to how you could see some of those penalties rack up, especially the pass interference calls, which I did notice a little bit in that Florida Atlantic game when watching that back from y'all's secondary. Hey Gamecock Nation, it's me once again. Before we get to the end of our interview with Hunter Bailey, I need to talk to y'all about our friends over at Bet Online, who was one of the sponsors for today's special Behind Enemy Lines edition for the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. They are the fastest and easiest way to check out all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, Mixed Martial Arts, Boxing, and Golf. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. And now to the end of our interview with the Charlotte Observer's Hunter Bailey. Welcome back to the final segment of today's show, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. 
Capping off the interview here with Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer, who is a beat writer that covers the Charlotte 49ers football program. Hunter, I really appreciate you coming on here once again. My final question for you with this impending matchup. For the game on Saturday, what is one area where you think that Charlotte could potentially exploit or maybe at least go toe-to-toe with the South Carolina Gamecocks? And subsequently, what is one area that concerns you the most when looking at how the 49ers match up against the Gamecocks? Definitely. I'll, I'll start with the, where they could exploit. I would just say say their passing game. Uh, with Reynolds in there, Charlotte has three, I would say one like 90% lead guy and then two guys that'll probably have a shot. Um, maybe even, maybe even two that could make it happen for sure. Um, Grant DuBose, Elijah Spencer, Victor Tucker, three leading receivers. I wrote a story prior to the season. It's called the big, um, they've, they've been putting on a show for sure. Uh, Grant DuBose has five touchdown catches, which is tied for second in the nation. Elijah Spencer has three, or over the past three games, he's averaged 100 yards. Victor Tucker scored in two straight games. I think if if Charlotte's going to have a chance, they're going to have to spread the field and just let it fly. Kind of that kind of leads into my other other point as well in terms of where I think South Carolina can exploit. Uh, if Charlotte does spread the field and let it fly, they might lose the time of possession battle, and that's their if their defense is on the field, like it's it's a tough situation right now. Statistically, they have the worst defense in the FBS, and they're giving up, especially passing efficiency. Uh, opposing quarterbacks have a passing efficiency of, I think, 215. I don't really know how that scale works, but that's 25 points worse than any other team in college football. So it's just like, it's not close. And <laughs> their, their best corner, uh, Trey Kramer, is now out with an ACL injury. So oh. they uh there's there's not there's not a ton that's looking good on their back end. They'll be missing safety Tank Robinson, who's one of their better players. Other starting safety, Marcus Robitaille, suffered a season ending injury. So it's uh Spencer Rattler is likely going to have a monstrous game. And if you look at the box scores of all four of their games this season, every quarterback has been lights out. There's just there's not much resistance back there. Um, looking into South Carolina's game, they've already had seven plays of 30 yards or more, and they might have seven on Saturday. They might double that total. It's uh, If Charlotte can't get home, can't get pressure with the front four, I can't imagine they're going to blitz a ton. They blitzed only four snaps against Georgia State. So I think they're going to try and drop back into coverage. But as far as that's concerned, I think South Carolina has – obviously the weapons and the quarterback to exploit their secondary South Carolina is converting 27% of their downs. Charlotte's like 28%, which are both really low in the country. But in terms of defense, it's uh Charlotte is allowing 55% of <laughs> conversions. And uh, if you can't get off field on third down, it's going to be a really long night, uh, 7:30 at Williams press stadium. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you know, like, like you mentioned, again, it's it's a couple parallels between the both our teams, honestly, because, you know, it is definitely going to be an interesting matchup here with the passing game. Chris Reynolds, again, seems like he's a really solid quarterback. And you guys do have really good weapons out wide. South Carolina, of course, bring in Spencer Rattler, and we feel like we got playmakers of our own right out on the edges, but we haven't really seen that uh, come to fruition fully yet. So obviously, you know, on our, on our side, we would like to maybe change that in this game, but it could end up being a, a passing duel between Chris Reynolds and Spencer Rattler and the Gamecock defense has also had their own issues getting off the field on third down so it just seems like whichever team can uh, convert those opportunities the most in both those areas that could end up deciding uh, maybe how close this game is or you know who knows who even could win this game but uh Hunter Bailey I really appreciate you once again for coming on to today's show the Locked on Gamecocks podcast where can the people find you and what are you going to be doing covering this game for the rest of the week yeah, definitely. I uh, just put out a piece on on Reynolds from Saturday night's game yesterday. Story coming soon. I talked a little bit about Derek Boykins. Uh, started out his collegiate career with South Carolina under Will Muschamp. Uh, he transferred to Charlotte in 2020 and has kind of become one of the one of the main stakes for the defense there at, at middle linebacker. And then uh, a story on Elijah Spencer. He's a Irmo, South Carolina kid, so not far. Played at Dutch Fork under Tom Knotts. He played all his state title games at uh, Williams-Brice Stadium, and so he's definitely looking forward to, to getting back there on Saturday night. Um, but I'll be headed down at some point in the day on Saturday. Definitely, I can't lie. I wish this was a noon game, but uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Seven thirty on ESPNU. So yeah, I'll catch you guys at the stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, that drive on I-77 southbound sure to be a fast one getting from Charlotte all the way down to Columbia. So there's at least that. But Hunter, uh, once again, really appreciate you coming on today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, Gamecock Nation, I hope that you enjoyed today's interview with the Charlotte Observer's Hunter Bailey, who does a great job covering the Charlotte 49ers football program. So once again, be sure to give him a follow on his Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45 and go check out his articles at the Charlotte Observer, whether you read the newspaper or you go and get your newspaper articles online. So that's going to do it for today's show, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Once again, hope you all enjoyed today's show. What are your thoughts on the Charlotte 49ers football team now that you have heard from someone who covers the program a lot more closely, of course, than I do? How do you feel about the Gamecocks matchup against the 49ers passing attack with the potential for a couple of secondary players to be out for this game against Charlotte. Also, do you think this will be the game that Spencer Rattler in this offense finally takes flight and really gets into a groove for all four quarters? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts, as always, down below in the comment section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, if you want to see what all the other SEC teams are doing heading into their own matchups this upcoming weekend. You can go check out Chris Gordy over on Locked On SEC. He does a great job over there covering all 14 SEC teams in just 30 minutes, along with the assistance of some of the local team experts of Locked On who cover SEC teams. So again, be sure to make Locked On SEC your second listen every day after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll catch y'all on Friday's Game Preview edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.